the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. All right. There was a policeman saw a guy driving through the middle of the city, had a walrus in the front seat of his car. So he pulls him over and says, hey, what's that walrus doing in your car? You need to take him to the zoo. He said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So he pulled off. Two days later, he sees the same guy driving down through town. Him and the walrus still in the front seat of the car. Both of them got on some new shades. He pulls him over. He said, I thought I told you to take that walrus to the zoo. He said, I did. We had such a good time. Today, we're going to the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Psalms 18, 28 says, you light a lamp for me. The Lord, my God, lights up my darkness. Has he lit up your darkness? Does he provide light for you to see? How blind were we before we knew Jesus? When you look back and think, man, I didn't know anything. That's why in the song it says, I was blind, but now I see. Now I see clearly. Talking about somebody don't see so clearly. Does everybody know Troy, the drummer? Have you ever noticed the glasses that he wears, the prescription glasses? It looks like he's in here with some shades on. Now, it used to be worse. I mean, they were almost mirror shades. I mean, you could, we would make such fun of them. I said, Troy, man, you can't see out of them things. Oh, man, the, the, you can see good out of them. He would always try to hand them to you. Look through there. That's better than looking through clear glasses. And I looked at it. I said, you're crazy, Troy. This is like shades. How do you see in the, you know, when they cut the lights down? I don't even know how he sees his drum kit. And then one day, he came to me. And I got his permission to say this, but he was, he was having sad days. He said, i just been down in the dumps lately, you know, and I was wondering if you could pray for me, Pastor. And I said, Troy, can I say something first? It's them glasses. <laughs> I said, dude, you're walking around in the darkness. Daylight, nighttime, it don't matter. He said, no, these are good. He said, I'm about to get some more anyway. I said, I will give you $50 to get you a new set if you will go get you something besides those. And I guarantee you, your humdrums will go away. So I gave him $50. You ain't going to believe what happened. And I will tell you later. But I propose to you today that even some physical darkness in your life can cause you to get down in the dumps in more ways than one. 
And you say, well, I don't know how external forces can cause something in my life to make me feel a certain way. Have you ever listened to some sad music? How does that make you feel? <laughs> it don't make you joyful, does it? You listen to sad music because you want to be sad, I guess. The funny thing is they call it the blues, but the blues always picks me up. I don't know. It has an opposite effect on me. And I just want to be, that, nothing makes me happier than hearing some Albert King playing the blues. <laughs> but anyway, things outside can affect the way we feel on the inside. Do you agree? And darkness is what we're going to talk about tonight. Darkness can affect your body, your soul, and your spirit. It can affect all three. You ever heard, I, I never heard of it till last night, but uh, Karen told me about, she called it seasonal, seasonal affective disorder. SAD, S-A-D. Seasonal affective disorder. It, it's another word for the winter blues. You know how when you're going through a long winter and the days get shorter and it's nighttime all the time, you get off work, it's nighttime, you go in, it's nighttime, you don't ever get to see the sunlight, people get in, they get grumpy. I thought it was just me. But I looked, and sure enough, Karen was right. Seasonal affective disorder, sad. I didn't say sad, I said sad. Somebody cut his hearing aid up a little bit. <laughs> cut his oxygen machine off. We'll fix him. No. <laughs> but so I looked it up, and there's some signs and symptoms of sad that, that really blew my mind. I thought, you know, I just get a little antsy and moody and stuff. But it says some people feel depressed most of the day Nearly every day during the winter. They lose interest in activities that they once enjoyed. They don't care about none. They have low energy and they have problems sleeping. Say sleeping. They experience changes in their appetite. They fluctuate in their weight. They feel sluggish or agitated. They have difficulty concentrating. They're feeling hopeless, worthless, or guilty, all these are emotions created just by a lack of sunlight in their life. And it says, finishes with saying, by, they have frequent thoughts of death and suicide. More people commit suicide in the wintertime. Lack of sunlight, lack of light. You could say it's the darkness that creeps in on you. You remember when Joshua was giving the hands to the people. He said, I present to you life and death. I would almost submit that he could have said, I submit unto you light and darkness. Because I think light and life are on the same hand as well as death and darkness. Tonight, especially more so in the spiritual realm. And tonight we're going to talk about spiritual darkness. So if natural darkness can cause all these things 
in your body, your soul, and your spirit, what will spiritual darkness do in your life? I mean, if you're ready to commit suicide because it got dark at 5.30. Let's turn to 1 John 1. Not the Gospel of John, but the first letter that John wrote. 1 John 1. Now, John has never been one to beat around the bush. He tells it like it is. He said, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you that God is light. And there is no darkness in Him at all. Are we supposed to be trying to live in the image of God, right? We're supposed to be trying to live a life reflective of our Master, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is God, and it says there's no darkness in Him at all. So how much do we need in our lives? Do you know that when they set up, when Jesus comes down with the new heaven and the new earth and sets up the kingdom in New uh, Jerusalem, that there's going to be no more night? That He's going to be the light of the world? There'll be no more night? I just thought I'd throw that in there. I don't think God likes darkness all that much. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but we go on living in spiritual darkness. If we claim to be His, born again with His Spirit living on the inside, but we go on living just like we did before, and there's no change, and you may be lying to yourself. You may be saying, well, I said that prayer, I'm going to heaven. But you go on acting like a fool every day. And you ain't got nothing inside you is saying that's wrong. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm just acting a fool tonight, I'm sorry. So we're lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth, my friends. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, he says, wherever your treasure is, their desires of your heart will be also. That means is whatever you're doing, that's what's in your heart to do. You're going to be doing or you're going to be where you want to be. And then he says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep is that darkness? So if you say, Jesus, you're the one that I'm living for, you're my treasure, but all you do is look at darkness, you lie and do not practice the truth. And the light that you think you have, you don't really have. And how great is that darkness? Because you're not only dark on the inside, you're dark and fooling your own self. It's so dark in there. I'm glad I ain't preaching this to no lost people, man. This would be rough on them. 
<laughs> I wouldn't say this. To the, no, just kidding. <laughs> Whose fault is it that we live in such a dark world? Is it the devil's fault? Whose fault is it for all this darkness that we see in the world today? The devil? Yep. Yep. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, in the dark realms, the dark lords, and the evil spirits in heavenly places. So yeah, yeah, he's a big cause of the darkness in this world. Is it your sinful nature contributing it to it too? Yep. Yep. So it ain't always the devil made me do it. Sometimes it's just you wanted to do it. Galatians 5.19 says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, that old man that should have been crucified, that old man that should have been buried with Christ in the baptism, maybe that, the preacher didn't hold you down long enough. You didn't get a grip on what was really happening. Let's do it again. Do we need to fire up the baptism tonight? When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. These are the kind of things that's going to come out. It, now, this ain't the devil made you do it. This is, you want to do it. Because you have forgotten who you are. You get caught back up in sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery. Say sorcery. Y'all got any sorcery going on out there? Keep an eye on y'all. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. He said, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why is that? Because the kingdom of God is the kingdom of light. And there ain't going to be no darkness there. But man has many tools in his darkness bag. Many tricks up his sleeve. He got hatred, unforgiveness, jealousy, and division in his heart. We can allow those things to come back. Because you still live in this flesh. And each one of us is just a couple of a Sundays away from really letting it all hang out. <laughs> Some of y'all couldn't make it to Wednesday. <laughs> Well, we got hatred, unforgiveness, jealousy, and division in our heart. And we got the internet in our hand. Now, am I saying the internet is evil? Yep. yep. 
<laughs> Huffington Post, which is not a Christian magazine, by the way, says porn sites get more visitors each month than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined. You know how many people buy stuff off of Amazon? You know how many times Trump tweets? <laughs> and how many movies are watched on Netflix? And porn outdoes them all combined. Now Bill Gates said the internet is becoming the town square for the global village of tomorrow. Well, I'm sorry, Bill. That's not the village I want to live in. The porn village. <laughs> I have noticed that the internet is filled with the most vile aspects of the human character. It is a place where people can sign in under somebody else's name. They can be anonymous. And you see what's truly in the heart of man when, not, when they're not out into the light. They can, from their own darkness, say what they want to say. They're not held accountable. And so you begin to see, man, we got some issues. We almost get a glimpse into looking into what Jesus sees when he looks on the inside of us and knows our deepest, darkest secrets. Because... Some people let it all hang out, if you know what I mean. Now, I'm not saying that the whole internet is bad. I'm just saying, be very, very careful. What's that in the song? Be careful of the lies what you see. Be, be very, very careful. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it flow the issues of life. Be very careful. So we got unforgiveness, hatred, jealousy, division in our heart. We got the internet in our hands. And some people got drugs controlling their mind. Man, that's like three strikes already. And we ain't even through. Well, I don't see anything in the Bible about drugs, so it must be okay to do drugs, right? <laughs> No, no. Remember when I said sorcery and I got you to say the word sorcery? In Galatians 5.20? If you look up that word in the Greek, it is the word pharmakia. And it means the use of medicine, drugs, or spells. Sorcery. And it's where we get our word, modern day word, pharmacy. The use of medicine, drugs, or spells. So we got drugs controlling our mind. We got alcohol in our beer bellies. And like I said before, you know what they call alcohol? Spirits. Wine and spirits. Do you think they're good spirits? Evil spirits, I believe so. Well, at least they come out, they're truthful about it. <laughs> All these things going on in the life of a person. Man, just one of these things going on in the life of, per of a person will cease, to, to <coughs> cease you from moving forward into the things of God. 
you must keep a check on what you have in your hand and your heart and your mind and in your belly. You got to watch out that no darkness overtake you because these are all really spiritual matters. And we are spiritual beings. But darkness will derail us. And you can go in the ditch on the other side of the road too. I mean, those are things that we normally typically think of when we think of sin. But what about some of the nastiest, darkest, ugliest sin is cloaked under the guise of spiritual pride. Of pretending to be something, pretending to be righteous and having a feeling of being self-righteous and looking down your nose at other people. Maybe you ain't over here in the ditch of drugs and alcohol, but you're over here in the ditch of changing and How would I say it? I don't know how I would say it. You're, you're something to the spirit of grace. Something, you're, you're cheapening what Jesus paid for to, to offer us. The grace of God. And you're trying to act like you earned it. And you're trying to point your finger at other people. You know, Judas walked with Jesus. And by all appearances, this was a good Christian man. But see, on the backside, Judas was over there slipping around with the Pharisees. And how can darkness and light inhabit the same space? And when it came down to it, he let his light go out and he betrayed the Lord of glory. Be careful. Be careful. Because even the devil masquerades around as an angel of light. He will appear. It will sound so religious. It will sound like, man, that came out. They will take script. The devil will take scriptures and, and he will twist it so finely that it just be a, just a slight bit off. And by the time he gets through with you, you will say, that wasn't nothing like the Jesus that I, I knew in the beginning. And you'll find yourself sticking your nose in the air. Spiritual pride. Or you'll find yourself with your nose in the gutter because you're hanging around in the wrong places in the darkness. Don't get your theology from the internet. I wanted to throw that in there, another thing about the internet. Don't get your theology from there. This is your source. You can go on the internet and see what they say about it, but you better have some foundation on what you know. You need, you need to have a kind of a good basis, a full counsel of God's Word. You need to know what you're looking at when you get on the internet because the internet, uh, quite frankly, has a lot of predators on it. Not just ones looking for little children or, or women or for human trafficking, but ones who are looking to upset the beliefs of an innocent young Christian. There's a lot of wicked stuff on the internet. I was talking to somebody the other day, we were talking about, who's your favorite preacher? 
You could, uh, if you've got a big name preacher that you know, I would challenge you to go and look on the internet and see if you, there'll be not be four or five videos slamming that person and uh, telling that they're not of God and they're going to do this and whatever. The first thing we need to do is check out who made the video before we check out what they're saying is true. They're, I mean, why would you be on the internet just running down men of God? I mean, what's your purpose behind that? Isn't there a more, shouldn't you go to the person or something? Isn't there a biblical way to handle if you have an issue with somebody? Don't get your theology from the internet. And just be careful who you do listen to. There is balance in all things. Make sure that, that uh, you don't begin to listen to somebody who's giving you that yucky feeling on the inside. You know, around here it's like living in Sodom in the days of Lot. You know, it, it can vex your soul, all the, the things that you see. It said that just man lived in, and his soul was vexed because of all the things that he saw. And, and it might be getting to the point where we owe Sodom an apology if we don't get nuked here pretty soon because of our darkness that we have allowed here in America. Human choices go way back to the garden. The bad choices. But uh, how many is glad that God's given us a new choice? He sent somebody to help us out. Isaiah predicted in nine, chapter 9, verse 2, he said, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. That's how he described him. Okay. So in the beginning, God saw that the earth was dark and it was void. And what did he say? I don't like that. Let there be light. And light came. Boom. And it began to be beautiful. And he grew trees and oceans and clouds and stars. And everything took shape and it became beautiful. And then man messed it all up, introduced sin into the equation again. It's crazy. It brought darkness back in. We had, it, we had light, but we brought darkness back in. But now, Isaiah is saying, I got good news. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Zechariah prophesied of Jesus after he was born. He said in Luke 1.79, he came to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Isn't that a good description of what darkness is? The shadow of death. Jesus himself said in John 8, 12, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Look, I'm going to show you. I'm going to, you're going to come with me and you don't have to walk in darkness anymore. You can make good choices. You can stay out of the darkness. Just stay with me, son. Just hold my hand. Abide in the shadow of the Almighty because in the shadow of the Almighty it's not even dark. His glory in His shadow. His is not the shadow of death. His is the shadow of life. <laughs> in John 3.19, 19, 
Jesus tells us this. He says, the judgment is based on this fact. This is what the, this is what the judgment is based on, okay? Are you concerned about judgment? He said that God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. And all who hate evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear that their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so that they can see, so that others can see that what they are doing is what God wants. See, that's what the judgment is based on. Will you get out of the darkness? And choose to come into the light. <laughs> when I was a young parent so many years ago, and probably about five or six years ago, my daughter was, I remember she was probably 15 or 16, and she wanted me to drop her off at the movie theater. She was going to meet her friends and go to a movie. So we was in the parking lot. And I was just fixing to drop her off. And I thought to myself, what movie are you going to see? <laughs> now, see, I'd never let her watch any scary movies. We didn't allow it in our house. I mean, that's, come on. Why don't you just get a pipeline straight to hell and stick it in your ear and your eye, you know? It just, I mean, fear, the opposite of faith. <laughs> Is that what you're cultivating? Is that what you want to grow in your heart? Let's grow some more. Let's go, let's go get really scared tonight. And all the things that I can't, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even watch them. But I've just seen enough commercials on TV to know that, I, that it's vile and it's crazy. Okay, so none of that has ever gone on. And she, to my knowledge, I don't think she's ever watched one. But she said, but my daughter, she can't lie. And so thus she's got caught at everything she's ever done. But she said, Daddy, we're going to see this and this. And I don't remember the name of it, but it was a scary movie. And I said, is that a scary movie? She said, yeah, Daddy, Daddy, but please, all my friends are going. They're all here. And I, I, can't, I can't go watch a movie by myself and they'd be in one theater. We're supposed to, this is all my friends, Daddy. Just let me this one time, one time, Daddy. And I said, Kaylee, and I don't know, I think it was the Lord that gave me this idea. I said, Kaylee, I'll tell you what. I'll make, I'll make a deal with you. I'll let you go see this movie if that's what you really want to do. But when you get home tonight, you're going to go out and sit in the backyard by yourself for 10 minutes in the dark. And if you can sit out there for 10 minutes by yourself in the dark, you can watch scary movies from now on. But if you can't do it, you got to promise never to go to another scary movie. Okay, Daddy, no problem. That's no problem. So she went to the scary movie. I was waiting on her when she got home. And she came in the house, and I said, all right, let's go. She said, where? I said, we're going to the backyard. She said, are you serious? I said, yeah. I opened the door, and it was dark back there. I had all the lights off, and she looked out there. She said, I can't do it, Daddy. I can't do it. She would not even walk in the backyard. That movie had scared her so bad. So, does she watch scary movies now? I don't know. Let's ask her. She'll tell the truth. I don't want to know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we got to learn to deal with darkness better than we do. When I first got saved, I, I was a weenie. 
I don't know why, but I was scared of dark. I mean, real dark, serious stuff, you know, thinking. I, even in church, when I, when we first got, I first got saved, I was playing on the praise team, and we was at the old building. It was a big old building with this, this section of the building that wasn't even in use. It had just a bunch of rooms, and it was just kept dark. And there was this big gym where we practiced, and, and I had the key to lock up. People would leave. And when I was locking up, I'd always look down that hallway and it'd give me the heebie-jeebies, you know. But this one particular night, I was amped up in the Lord, and I said, I am not afraid. I'm fixing to walk down that hallway in the middle of the dark, and I was the only one in that creaky old building. And I looked down that hallway, and I, and I started walking down that hallway, and I was walking past them rooms, and it even got darker looking in them rooms. And I tell you what, it seemed like every demon in all of hell was screeching around me, and every and the people, I, I don't know, maybe in the spirit it was, but it seemed like all around me was just darkness. And it, it was like, oh. But, and of course, I was saying, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, I was just quoting scripture fast as I could. But I did it. I walked through there and I came back. And I said, now, nah, devil. God doesn't want us afraid of the dark. But he don't want us to live in the dark. He wants us to let his love in us expel the dark. Does that make sense? We've got to have a correct application of how we handle darkness and what it is. Darkness will make you sleepy. When it gets dark, don't you get sleepy? <laughs> and see, when you got a lot of darkness in your life, it drowns out the hope and you got nothing to hope for, nothing to look forward to. And you got the wages of that whole sin thing going on and things are turned against you and your life is upside down and you get in despair and depression and all you want to do is sleep your life away. Because darkness has gotten you to the bottom of the pit. And it feels like you'll be there forever and there's nothing you can do about it so you might as well just sleep until it's over. But the bad news is it ain't going to get over like that. You have to climb out of the darkness. You have to control this flesh and tell this flesh what it's going to do. And you need to let your spirit man grow because that's where the light is. And it has to begin to expel the darkness that's on the inside of you. Don't sleep your life away. Get up and get on with your purpose. And that's where it comes. That's why the... The light of God's Word shows you who you are and says you do have a reason to live. You do have a reason to get up in the morning and, and accomplish something and do something with those talents that God gave you. Your spirit, man, if you're in touch at all with the things of God, it knows the difference between darkness and light. It knows. It can, it can inherently sense. And the Holy Spirit's in there. Don't do it. Come out of there. Stay away from that. Come over here. Don't say that to them. Don't bring that up. If you say that, it's going to hurt their feelings. It's not all about you. The Holy Spirit is whispering these things to you. But your flesh is saying, let them have it. Get them good while you got the chance. Kick them when they're down. They shouldn't have said that to you. And it makes it all selfish. 
and you think it's going to make you feel so good and you say it and then just blah. I shouldn't have said that. And darkness croaches in. Listen to the light. The Word of God is a lamp unto your feet. Read it and find the direction in the course that's going to bring you happiness and joy. There's nothing like a, the peace of God which passes all understanding to keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Those who keep their eyes on Him will st be, keep, stay in perfect peace, Isaiah 26.3. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Why? Because He is the light. And He is leading you through this valley of the shadow of death. He's leading you through this valley of darkness. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You, you know what is light and what is darkness. The flesh is lazy and will gladly sit in the darkness. Too lazy to get up and cut the light on her. I don't know. It takes effort to live a godly life. Anybody can walk the wide path of fools. Am I preaching too hard to this Wednesday night crew? I really thought this was a teaching lesson and I'm up here preaching. How many thinks the Apostle Paul gives wise advice in the Bible? Well, let's see what he says about staying in the light. 1 Thessalonians 5.5. 5. We're, we're not far from closing. What do we do? What do we do? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Listen to the voice of the Spirit. Follow the Word of God as your lamp to your feet. 1 Thessalonians 5.5 5 tells us so clearly, for you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. If Jesus is your Lord, get a revelation of that. You used to belong to darkness. That's the old you. But now you belong to the light and to the day. So be on your guard. Not asleep. See, we keep talking about sleep a lot. Be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. That means don't be clouding your judgment with the wacky weed. With the eight cups of coffee caffeine rushes. Whatever has you have to have to alter your clear-headedness. No, stay clear-headed. That way you can be alert. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. There comes a certain time in night. If you're, not got a, if you're not working at night, you need to be at home in bed getting ready for tomorrow morning. We got a generation that stays up till 3 o'clock in the morning on Saturday and then is too tired to come to church on Sundays. Well, I was just too tired. I just can't make it that early, Pastor. 10.30 is just too early for me. It, it, 
some Saturdays I almost want to text everybody in church and say, go to bed. Night is the time when sleepers sleep and drinkers get drunk. We're not of the night. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love. And wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. See, we've got purpose. And we've got the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. And it makes us different. It's our armor. And it makes us have faith and promises, hope in our anchor, the anchor of our souls. It makes us have a love for others. Or we want to, we just don't want to be consumed with self, so we get up and we do things. And there's never there's a never-ending amount of things that you can do for others. He says in Ephesians 5.8, still Apostle Paul, he said, for once you were full of darkness. <laughs> Amen. But now, I love when it says, but now. Whew. But now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Don't just do what pleases you. Determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It's shameful to even talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light will make everything visible. And that's why I, it is said, Awake, O sleeper. Awake, O sleeper. And rise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. Whether I'm in here tonight, or whether I'm at the nursing home, or whether I'm in the jail, or whether I'm teaching the youth, or the children's church. I would say, awake, oh sleepers. There's a book out there called Make Your Bed. The whole thing is about what it does for you to wake up and make your bed to start the day. You've already accomplished your first task of the day. Gets you motivated, going in the right direction. For some of us, our flesh is so in control that waking up in the morning is the most hard thing to do in our entire life. That's an indicator, my friends. If you can't get up of how can in control your flesh is and how you need inspiration in your life. You need Jesus to give you hope and purpose to wake up and produce something good.
be fruitful. Multiply. Make a difference in this world. I know some people are saying, well, I don't got nothing to do. You don't know my situation or whatever. There's something. There's a step. There's something that you could be doing besides sleeping past eight or nine hours a day. I know I'm stepping on some toes. But that's what I'm paid to do. Awake, all sleepers! Rise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Get up and then ask God what to do. He'll give you the light. And you'll find a sense of accomplishment in the doing. And then it'll make you want to get up again and do it again tomorrow. Break the cycle. Everybody turn and look at Troy's new glasses. I gave him the money to get those glasses, and the next Sunday he come walking in with some, they wasn't as, it wasn't as bad shades, but still it was all tinted up. I said, Troy! I wanted my money back. You got to be kidding me. But he did tone it down some. And I hadn't heard him talking about having the mully grubs since just that little bit more exposure to the light was enough to, to get him back on his feet. Troy, did it help you at all? He's just saying it. But uh, thank you, Troy. I'll pay you later. But, but see, he gave me some wise advice one time. My back was hurting. He told me to get some new shoes, and then that cleared it right up. And so when he came to me, the Lord gave me something practical to tell him. The earth was without form and void. And God said, let there be light. Get up, you sleeper, and tend this garden. And let's make things beautiful down here. He didn't say, let there be dimmable lights. Let me show you something. All right, you see those lights? They're what you call dimmable. Okay, they can be shining bright at church on Sunday. And then Sunday night, hey, let's go to the club. By, by Monday morning, they're doing this number here. Back in church on Wednesday. <laughs> Thursday night. Watching that movie you shouldn't watch. Oh, there's the grand finale. Sex scene. You get my point, right? Wasn't meant to be dimmable. No? Y'all like darkness, right? Okay. So, 
Don't be dimmable. Uh-oh. I'll put it over here. Don't let your light go out. First thing I notice is that one's brighter. Now, when everybody else is going to the club, what's going to happen when you don't? You're going to keep on shining. Other people up and down like a Christian roller coaster. Their lives shine bright for a moment. They're in church. Oh, we hadn't seen them in six months. Oh, there they're coming back. They gave their life back to Jesus. All right. Oh, they went back with the devil. No, no. Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Second, 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest. You see, in the old days, you could either be a priest or you could be the king. But they wouldn't allow the king to be the priest and they wouldn't allow the priest to be the king. But you, my friends... A royal priest, your kings and priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show the others of the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. So live as children of the day and of the light. Come out from among them. Or go in among them, and bring the lot. All right, well, I'm going to close. Any questions before I close? You work nights? Oh, since you work nights, yeah. Now, you understand I'm talking in a lot of principles and everything. I'm not saying... Yeah, I mean, if you've got a job that works nights or whatever, I'm talking about principles here, pretty much, you know. Use common sense or whatever. Uh, feed the llama, I don't know what. Make my bed, yeah. They give you a sense of purpose. The first thing, make your bed, teach you a little organizational skill right off the bat, make a sense of accomplishment, get the day started right. Uh, if you want to read that book, it is a good book. It's written by like a general, an ex-Navy SEAL guy who, uh, real short book, but really quality book called Make Your Bed. Let me pray over you. Yes, ma'am.
Thank you for sharing that. Particularly in the, in the time in which we live, there are dark forces working underneath and behind the scenes, and there's currents that are flowing that are, that are trying to separate and divide this nation. That One news station against another news station, one political party against another, and people, like I said, will say anything. They'll make up stuff, um, or they'll just hate on one another and... and and there's no common decency or courtesy extended anymore, and, and our children are growing up in a society that shows lack of uh, respect for others. And so we have to be, now more than ever, we have to show our children that that is not the right way to live. We don't hate people because they don't believe like we do, don't look like we do, don't act like we do. We, we love everybody, and we, and we see ourselves as citizens of heaven down here on a mission, not getting caught up in petty political, uh, social economic games and stuff with other, other people or people that don't believe. Like, you know, if they believe differently than me, then it's their right to be wrong. Come on, you'll get it in here in a minute. <laughs> okay. You can believe what you believe, but everybody else hadn't got to believe the way you believe. But you live out your faith and you share with them the truth. That's the important thing that we help people see the important thing, the truth of God. These other things, they're temporary at best. So don't guard your heart against the... Yes, sir. I think it's a principle, you know, he's, he's saying, like, like I feel, I, I feel like at a certain time of night, if you're not working somewhere and everybody else is in bed getting ready to get up early in the morning and do things and you're out at a certain time of night, you're up to some kind of mischief. That's the way my, I was kind of raised and that's the way I, 
teach my children, you know, if you're out 11, 12 o'clock at night, you're going to get pulled over by some roadblock. That's why they have those out there, because everybody at that time of night is usually drinking and driving or something, or up to something that they shouldn't. Now, those are principles, once again. I'm not saying, you know, (laughs) that's always, but, you know. You understand everything in the Bible is not completely literal. You know, uh, for example, the book of Proverbs it tells you know wisdom, wisdom that God gives how to live your life. It says if you do this, you'll do this. But not every time you do that, it it happens. But it's a principle that over time, when you begin to do these things, these things typically begin to happen. And so, wisdom is principles to live by, not necessarily promises to to live by if that makes sense um god's word is is so rich for every aspect of our life and that's why it first and foremost must light our path and that's that's the path we take is the one that the bible lights for us lord i thank you i thank you for these warriors here there i don't know why uh they seem to take the brunt of the messages lord because i i don't know why but uh, they're probably not the ones that need to hear it, but, but they're the ones who come and are, are like to be challenged. And Father, I pray that I... Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.